Hey there, I'm Danielle Ackeson, and this is the Silver Lining Live podcast. Everyone has a story to tell. I believe something can be learned from every situation. The Silver Lining Life gives everyone a voice. Real life people and experts share their life. They share how they've overcome tragedy, their victories, and their defining moments. So why is this important? Because it's easy to look at a person and think it's been so easy, quick, or perfect for them. But that is so far from reality. There is work, struggle, and heartbreak. As we will learn, a silver lining life isn't a perfect life. It's about enjoying the life you've been given and even those hard times. So sit back and get ready. It's going to be a fun ride. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Silver Lining Life podcast. I, oh, I'm so honored to have Emily Aarons here today. Hello, Emily. Hey, how's it going, Danielle? Uh, I'm, I'm super, super excited. Um, so um, if you don't know Emily, you need to, to learn all about her. She is lovely. I learned about her on um, James Wedmore's podcast. And then I signed up for her email list. And um, then I just like went into her programs because she's so amazing. And she does the most incredible guided meditations, which you can find on her podcast. Um, but they're like, life-changing. They're incredible. Um, so Emily Aaron's formally, like I'll give her her bio, but, um, she is an intuitive healer and a psychic business coach. She's best known as a spiritual guide for getting out of overwhelm and into alignment, um, with your business. So welcome, Emily. Tell us your story. Thank you. Well, I, I wasn't always known as all those things. And in fact, most of my professional career as a healer, uh, and that's 20 year long career. I really didn't know what was making me so special. I didn't feel like I was born with any psychic abilities. I always was looking to enhance them, but I just like, I didn't think I had any sort of like special thing. And um, so I, I started really researching alternative medicine and healing and all kinds of woo-woo stuff from a very early age. And it was like my little secret. Like I would buy books on mediumship and angels and like talking to dead people, <laughs> like uh, homeopathy, like all kinds of stuff, like just like stupid young, like just like, you know, allowance money. And, um, and then I knew from high school that I wanted to go to massage school and learn energy healing and massage therapy. And turned out I was like supported to do that. And I also knew at a very young age that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I knew I was going to have a business. I just felt like I was going to have a wellness center. And I knew I wanted to help people since I was like in kindergarten and could articulate it. And um, I spent, you know, I got licensed and sort of, you know, all the stuff in uh, 2000. And I, I just started my wellness career and kind of in and out of corporate jobs and doing massage or healing work on the side. And I, I just like, I just knew that there was something more in me. I just didn't really know what that was and like how to do it. But as the years went on, I um, became a mother. So four and a half years ago, I became a mother. And at that point I was just like, okay, enough is enough already. I need to help more people. I can't trade my time for money like I'm doing. And I have no idea like, how is that going to happen? And what I started to realize is that, um, I could do more and I had to start turning inward to get messages and insights because whenever I turn inward, I get really profound ideas, but sometimes I would dismiss them because I'm like, well, somebody else is already doing it. And like, who am I to even try like meditation? Well, there's Gabby Bernstein for God's sake. Like she's got the corner on the meditation market. And then there's Deepak Chopra. I'm like, what? 
why would I like Deepak and Oprah? Like who is even going to try to go into business for meditation when those people are out there? But yet there was this calling to, to do it. And just for the record, I know Danielle touched on like my meditations are life changing. I actually thought that I did it wrong uh, every time. I always thought I was doing it wrong. And I actually have studied with um, a meditation teacher, um, formal, like she's, she actually, she currently lives in the Himalayas, but I met her um, locally and she had a guru and she taught me Sanskrit and mantra and like all of those things. And I, I just always felt like I was doing it wrong because when mm -hmm. I would go into meditation, it was like all that energy background that I had been formally trained in. It was like flowing through me and I was having these strong visualizations and these ideas and I was connecting in such a profound way. And I was like, stop the thoughts, stop them. And, and, and I just like, I couldn't. And mm -hmm. when I stopped fighting that urge and I started to just like, okay, I'm going to sit down and intentionally try to get a meditation to open up for my business and like what's the next step for me what do i do how do i help more people and i started to ask you know impactful questions and you know we all have heard the quote this the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions that you ask well it's the same for intuition exactly so i started to ask better questions and i started to get these big hits of you know teach meditation for entrepreneurs i'm like eh, okay and then i kept asking so how many people are in this program? 10 people. What do I call it? Call it this. Okay. What do I sell it for? Sell it for this. Okay. And I got these nudges and I'm just kind of like, I guess I'll put myself out there. In this <laughs> way. And I posted on Facebook, and Instagram, I'm going to go live tonight. Cause that's what I, my guidance kept telling me to do. Go live tonight, eight o'clock. And I'm like, ha, ah, I've never done this. I'm totally nervous. And I'm like, I'm just following the little voices in my head. Like I'm crazy. And <laughs> so I, I was so nervous cause I'd never put myself out there in this way. And again, who am I to even do this? And I went for a little walk in the backyard with the dog. I'm like, it's okay. I'm cool. It's going to be fine. It'll be good. I'm just going to tell people what I am selling and then it's going to be good. And then we're going to sell it. And then I was like, you know what? Or I could just delete the post. Like it never happened and not do any of that. That feels, that feels good. That feels really good. And as I talked myself completely out of it, I walked back towards my house and I saw this little ladybug on the banister of my deck. And to me, when I see ladybugs, it's a sign from my friend, Melissa, who's passed over. And mm -hmm. so I was just like, damn it, I'm doing it. <laughs> like, okay. All right. All right. Universe. You got me. So I did that. And that little meditation thing, that was the first time I helped a group of 10 people at one time through meditation and they wouldn't let me go. And it turned into a full year of meditating with this group of people and guiding them, which also led to bigger offers, leading retreats, leading a mentorship, a high level mentorship, like that year alone, just listening to my intuition and through guided meditation, through my own meditation, I had managed to 10X my business from January making $1,200 that month to by the end of December, surpassing $100,000 in my business. And I now realize that I am, I'm very good at helping entrepreneurs to unlock their intuition in the same way. And using meditation is the vehicle. And for all entrepreneurs, you know, who struggle with overwhelm, get like overthinking and 
trusting other people with their opinion and needing validation and not knowing their worth and struggling to make money and struggling to make income. Um, those are the people who I'd love to help to get back into discovering who they are. And it's not that I'm teaching them my new strategies. I'm reminding them how to do the inner work and remembering who they are and remembering that they're connected and remembering that they have inner wisdom. And then it's just a matter of slowing down and quieting down and tapping into that. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, it's amazing. And you like you hit the nail. So on the head of, um, how your meditation is different because like I've done the Oprah Deepak Chopra, where you have that, the word that you're supposed to say over and over. And I get like two seconds in and I'm like, what the hell was the, what's the word again? Like, I don't remember. And, but like yours, as you're like guiding you through and like, you can see it. You can see all of the things that you're saying. Like you're this morning, I did one where I went up a mountain. <laughs> oh, I love that one. Oh, it's so like calming and relaxing, but also like, again, life-changing. Like you just feel so like open and yeah. So anyways, um, thank you that, but it takes courage to like, I'm going to do this different than these like masters are doing it. So how did you get that that courage to do that because it's courageous. Um, I just felt like, I don't know. I just, I didn't feel like it was courageous. It just felt like this is my way that works for me and I'm going to teach 10 people how to Mm -hmm. do it. And I kind of like, again, this is not something I thought through and I planned out. I channeled it. And what I mean by channel it is that I sat in meditation and I asked, what's my next offer that's going to sell out? Give me the details of that. Like mm-hmm. imagine if you had like a magic lamp and you rubbed it and you got a genie and you're like, what's the answer to the test? <laughs> that's basically what I did. I, I was so inquisitive. I wanted every single detail. And then the key component is that I just trusted it and I didn't yeah. second guess it. And I didn't go, uh, well, uh, I don't know. Who am I? Why would I do that? Blah. I just mm-hmm. was like, okie dokie, marching orders. And I saluted and I, and I did it. So, yeah. and I took it as like, I took it as matter of fact. I took it as your success is inevitable. Here's the steps to do it. And so I could have gotten that message and been like, all right, there's 10 people. This is the price point. This is what it's called. This is how you're going to teach it. And I could have completely dismissed it or just sat on my hands waiting for 10 people to come by my program. Yeah. But I didn't. I was like, there are 10 people out there. Damn it. I'm going to find them. I love that. And nine of them paid for the program and there was one spot left. And there was a girl who was a friend. uh, She was a sister of a friend of mine and we had connected and she was going through some life stuff and just having trouble. And I just felt the urge to uh, bring her in as like a scholarship, like come in, like do it for free. And she was so grateful for that. So it was like, it doesn't have to only be this one way. I knew that there was 10 people and she was the the 10th person. And Mm -hmm. so- for me, I didn't feel like it was courageous at all. I was just like, okay, so here's how we start to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And then here's the next step. Like, again, guidance was like, here's week one, week two, week three. And they gave me six weeks. And after the six weeks was coming up, it was like five, week five. And I'm like, okay, next week we're going to do this work. And then I don't know. And they're like, well, can we keep going for another you know, month? And so month after month after month, I was like, so do you guys want to still do it? And they're like, yes, we do. I'm like, <laughs> 
okay, next month. You guys don't want to do it? Like, yes, we do. Okay, maybe I should just make like a reoccurring thing. They're like, yeah, that would be a lot easier for all of us. I'm like, oh my God, I'm on, people are paying me like every single month on a reoccurring payment plan. Like that was the first time ever in my life that I was having reoccurring revenue yeah, and not having to like trade my time in such a way. So mm-hmm. that little six week program that ended up being a whole year program, <laughs> That was the foundation of my now mastering a sensory membership. Like all those- Which is incredible. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. It was like, I wasn't like, that's the thing. I feel like entrepreneurs who are new out, they're trying to get like everything orchestrated and planned out and perfected before they even get on the field. And they're like, mm-hmm. here's, if it's not this membership, I'm going to do a membership. It's going to be this. It's like, can you just F up for a little bit? Like, is that okay? Can you just F up? And yeah. just like- put one foot in front of the other because I had no idea what it was going to become. No mm-hmm. idea. I yeah. just thought it was going to be a six week program. And for me, that was like a big bite. So yeah. it's about trusting, just taking one foot in front of the other and open up to the question, which is how can I serve at my highest level today? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So if someone's listening to this, they're like, okay, that's all great. Wonderful, Emily. Wonderful. Um, I don't get those those things coming in. Like, how do you recommend they go from not hearing anything to yeah. like, oh, okay. I, I think I heard something. <laughs> so first of all, I'm going to call BS on that statement because I think it's crap. <laughs> and that's the same thing that I used to say to myself. Cause here's the biggest myth is if I wasn't born with the gift then I must not be psychic and I can raise my hand and say, I did not think I was born with it. Now looking mm-hmm. back, I can put all the, the dots together and be like, Oh my gosh, I used to say that thing. or I used to see this thing. And I kept te- like my parents and other people would dismiss it and say, no, 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 that's not there. Or you didn't see that. Or no, that person's dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay. And I just <laughs> dismissed it. So I never thought that I was like, like, I wasn't one of those teenagers who's like pointing in the corner, like, why is your aunt here? Like, I, it was not like that. Okay. Yeah. So here's the biggest myth is that you were, if you weren't born with it, you don't have it. Everyone has it. And especially you guys know that there's multiple senses, like, you know, sight, like smell, taste, sound, touch. Mm-hmm. You have exactly those same senses in your intuition. So mm-hmm. sometimes messages come to you. And clairvoyantly. So for me, that's my primary clair. All of my clairs are open, but that is when you see without your third eye or your physical eyes in a picture, an image, or a movie. So like Danielle was describing, I do guided meditations. They're visualizations. You're using your clairvoyance. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine something in your mind, you're, you can use clairvoyance. If you've ever heard ringing in your ears or like you've heard like a song, you're like, oh my gosh, remember that song? It makes me think of so-and-so. Mm-hmm. If you have a knowing, and I say, it's like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, and it could be about like, you know, your boyfriend cheating. I I just know there's something weird going on over there. Or like, you know, (laughs) I don't know. I always use that example. I'm like, I don't know why it's just like go there, but I do. Um, But, or just like, you know, you think of a friend and then they go, they call you or they text you like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I was just thinking of you. And this morning, Danielle and I were talking about horses. I had a dream about horses and she's like, oh, I heard your podcast on horses. I'm like, well, of course you did. I 
had a dream about it last night. So like, this is how your life starts to show up. It's like, everything doesn't become a coincidence. It's a, it's like, of course it is because that's just how my life is. Yeah. And to make that story even a little bit deeper is I texted the woman who was on the podcast about, oh, the horse I was riding in my dream was brown. She's like, oh, here's an image of the exact horse I started training. And I'm like, oh, of course it's the same looking horse. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like your life becomes a series of synchronicities and mm-hmm. Like you start to see how there's breadcrumbs all laid out in front of you and you start to live your life as though you are the co-creator of it, meaning you're no longer the victim of your circumstances, meaning like that shitty, bad, terrible day. Sorry. Um, you're fine. <laughs> um, I really try to co- like curb my swearing. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, not the worst we've heard. <laughs> Um, but, but sometimes you can start to shift things and go, okay, well, if I was the co-creator of my life and you start to becoming really intentional about like how you live your life and seeing signs and those little, so my intuition, I always thought it was going to sound like Gandalf the Great in my head or like, like, I don't know, like a wizard of some kind (laughs) and it never was. It was always like my own voice. It was Mm -hmm. just my own and so how you tell the difference between your own thoughts versus like your ego or your higher self. So your higher, so we'll start with the ego. Your ego is always the one you have the idea. Like I'll give my, I'll use the example. Uh, I'm going to teach group meditation and my ego goes, who are you to do that? There's Deepak and Gabby, like stop, like slow your roll lady, like stop it. You don't need, you don't have any idea what you're doing. And like what you mentioned, like this is courageous to do something different. Yeah, it's different. Why would you do that? We have a method that works. Don't try to, (laughs) don't do it. And higher self is the one who had the idea. Higher self and and your intuition is the one that's like, you know, you could help a lot of people by guiding Mm -hmm. them on your type of meditation. And higher self is like, but what if, what if maybe your type of meditation help somebody? And it's like Mm -hmm. a cheerleader. It's a positive voice. It's that encouragement. And so that voice, that voice of love is the only true device that we really have. That's the Mm -hmm. only truth that we have. Everything else that's not that loving voice is ego and it's pulling you out of alignment. And Mm -hmm. those people live their life completely out of alignment in the ego, crippled by anxiety, crippled by negative thoughts and feelings that they have no idea how to even just like trust those little instincts because they're, yeah. they're getting them, but their ego is so loud that it's like, shush, and they trust their ego. And so it's like, um, you know, if I was doing bicep curls only on my left arm and I'm just like totally crushing it on my left arm, my left arm, my left bicep is going to be like so strong. And my right is like, if I try to pick up the same weight, it's going to be weak, right? So right. the same exact thing. I don't know why that analogy just came up. I've but never, it works. It right? totally works. <laughs> but like your intuition is weak because you're not listening. You're not mm-hmm. listening. You're not listening. Every time you get a little, oh, make sure you bring an umbrella today because I've heard it might be raining. Like even though you think that's so minor, have you ever had a thought in your mind? It's like an intuitive nudge and you dismissed it and then you later regretted it. Yeah. That's where most people live is like, oh, I knew I should have brought that extra change of clothes. I knew I should have brought the umbrella. I knew I should have called that person because, you know, such and such was going on. Yeah. That's where we kind of get derailed is because we're so focused on listening to our ego because it's driving the train and full disclosure, your ego will fight for its place. So 
like that time where I was listening, my, that first time I was trusting my intuition. I said to you guys, like I went outside cause I was like having major anxiety. Like I can't do this. Who am I to even try? And I full on convinced myself not to do it. It mm-hmm. was only in seeing that ladybug that I was like, okay, you have to do it. Like, doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's scared. F- yeah. Like do it scared. You have no other choice. So it was like, yeah. And if, and like, it felt like guidance was like forcing my hand. It was like a spirit dope slap. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Okay. So if someone's like, well, I've only lifted on the left side, my <laughs> bicep is real big right now. And my right arm is super tiny. Um, how, how, how can I make that first step of, okay, I'm going to start listening to my intuition and toning that left side down. Yeah. It's one minute meditation, one minute every single day. That's how I started. Um, I started using an app on my phone that I could use like a little check mark on the box on like the calendar and within mm-hmm. the membership, that's what we do. We have a printable calendar. Some people use digital ones cause they're fancy. Um, <laughs> but we have a, a calendar to make that check mark. Cause I don't care. I don't want everyone in my membership to only meditate with like 30 minutes. Like that's not reasonable. Mm-hmm. So if you did a one minute meditation today and I'm saying a full one minute saying 60 seconds of deep breathing. I don't care if you're in your car, you're cooking, you're going down for bed, you're waking up in the morning, you're in the shower, you're on the toilet. Like, I don't care where you are. If you for one minute straight, just do some deep breathing, you are starting the process. And what happens is you start to go, wow, that felt really good. Maybe I can do two minutes or five minutes. And then one day you're like, you know what? I'm going to go crazy and do 10 and it's going to be bananas. And that's how you start to strengthen it a little bit at Mm -hmm. a time. Those one minute increments are enough to stop the chatter. Yeah. And even if there's chatter, you still did it. You still get the little like marble in the jar. You get it. Like I'm, I'm all about creating a very low barrier to win. Like, yeah, you win, you get it. And somebody called me actually yesterday. No, two days ago. And she was like, well, I have, I've been having a lot of anxiety. I've been having trouble meditating. You know, I do it at night, but that's the only time I'm not doing it all during the day. And I was like, but you're doing it at night. (laughs) It's like, that's like, you're not giving yourself credit. It's like, it can only be in pristine silence. Nobody can make any sounds. It has to be on a pillow. I have to have the right incense burning and five crystals. Like, no, yeah. Wherever you are, however you are, that's what strengthens it. One minute every single day, and then just see what happens. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think that that makes it doable. Cause I think a lot of times people do think like it needs to be all of the things like I need to be sitting in this forest and whatever. And yeah. it's like, no, like it could be in your bed before you even get out or, you know, like all of those sorts of things, which I think makes it, um, attainable. Um, and not this like mythological, like only these woke people are meditating, you know, right. all of that. That's that. And I want to tell the listeners too, is that if they're looking at me like, well, it's easy for her to say she's psychic and she does this stuff all the time. Look, I am a mother of two young children. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are days when I'm woken up and for, I don't know, I think like four months, my baby was waking up at like three in the morning, four in the morning. <laughs> and like, I'm telling you like the the thoughts going through my mind were anything but like a lotus flower. So- <laughs> Um, you make time for it. You make Mm -hmm. a a one minute effort. That's it. And there are days when I full on, like I have the quiet because my kids are at daycare with somebody and I Mm -hmm. sit down and I'm like, okay, let's meditate. And then like all these ideas and things are coming in and going and it's like, okay, 
I'm not going to sit there and fight myself for 10 minutes. I'm just going to go do whatever is calling me or write the thing or send the email or fix the website or make a note to do it later so mm-hmm. that I can just sit. And if it's so strong that I'm just like, I just can't even, then I don't. Yeah. That's it. Like I'm not perfect. And there are days where I can sit for a half an hour easy and like, okay, let's do this again. Like le- one more time. And, <laughs> and I have like so much desire to do that. And especially you know, if I'm on vacation and I'm going to be in Sedona in March, I'm like, I know when I'm in Sedona, I can sit in meditation for endless amounts of time. Mm-hmm. However, it's not always like that every day. So if you're having those things that are fighting you and they're like, nah, nah, nah stop doing that. Or like you said, the Deepak meditation where it's like one word mantra, mm-hmm. if that doesn't work for you, then stop doing it. Like yeah. that's the thing is like, we create such a container that we can't, but like, if you're, if you're a runner, if you are a gardener, if you are a cook, those things are meditative because they are yes. like the whole point, let's just talk about it, the whole point of meditating is going to be bringing you into this very moment in the present, mm-hmm. which means that if you are present and your hands are in the soil and you're taking in the smells of the earth and you can feel the sun on your back and you can like smell the air, like that is meditative. And I'm telling you, that is medicine right there. If you're yeah. cooking and you have music on and you're just like, oh, I'm so into this pot of pasta that I'm making, like whatever. You're in that moment. That's what, that's all that matters. Like count it, like count it. Yes. It's funny. I was, um, I was actually at my, um, OB, OBGYN appointment, um, this week. This seems weird that I'm discussing this on the podcast, but it ties back to this because I am a runner and we were talking about like, I'm 35. And so I was just asking about hormones and like, as they're changing and things like that. And he's like, you're still a little young for this, Danielle. But I was like, I am just one of those people. I want to, I want to know, you know, like the process. (laughs) And he was like, well, like you're, you're a runner. So he was like, that is like the best medicine that you could have for like keeping those in alignment. And it was like, yeah, that's where I get my best ideas. That's where I feel the best. That's, you know, when I'm done, like I can be more present and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And, and so it was like, I'm so glad, you know, modern medicine gets like a really bad rap a lot of times, but like this doctor was like, no, go out for a run. It's going to, it's going to make you feel better. And those hormones feel better. And as your hormones change, like that's, what's going to help you get through it. Absolutely. And that's just it is like, we have those places in our life and everybody can think of one where you just get lost. You just get Mm -hmm. lost in time. You could do it forever, whether it might be running or painting or I don't know, walking in nature. Like I definitely recommend that anybody who is wanting to get their intuition to talk to them a little bit more, get in nature and get outside because- like we were on a family walk. We go for family walks pretty much every morning, weather permitting. But this morning we were walking and I heard a woodpecker and we just stopped and we were all like, let's find the woodpecker. And we found the woodpecker. And I was like, yeah, it was so <laughs> it's like, that's being present. Like versus yeah. like, we have to rush home because I'm going to be on a podcast. Like, no, yeah. let's just stay for a moment. Like that, those little moments, that's what like we, making those little memories and things like that, it makes a big difference. So yeah. I totally agree. It's definitely the, the little tiny moments in life that we should be noticing because that's actually what is like, as we get older and all of that, it, those are the moments that we're going to remember and are mm-hmm. going to feel like the most sacred. It's not going to be the, we went to Disney world and all of that. It'll be like, we went to Disney world and you know, my kid did this little thing and it was just so sweet and so innocent and pure. And like, that's where the magic is. Yeah. So, yep. Yep. 
for sure. Okay. So clearly we could continue this for mm-hmm. a very long time, but I'm going to be respectful of everyone's time. Okay. So I'll, I'll hop to the last two questions. So, um, my, um, my first question is when, if someone is listening to this and they're at the beginning of your journey, what is your advice or encouragement for them? They're at the beginning of their journey, like spiritual journey. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that that is, that is a good place. Okay. Um, I think if they're at the beginning of their journey, it's, it's good to be kind to themselves, to just take things one foot in front of the other. I, I know as humans and especially as entrepreneurs, we have a tendency to look outside of us at what everyone else is doing and then reflect and compare what's happening in our side of the street to what's going on mm-hmm. with them. And whether it's a spiritual journey or just like your life, we are all on our unique life path. So think of yourself as like a train on a set of tracks. Like you can see what the other train is going, but like, that's not what you're meant to be going. That's not the timing that it was meant to happen at and finding peace with divine timing. Um, So being kind to yourself on your path, whatever it is that you're doing and um, just taking it slowly. Like there's no rush for anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's important. And I think like we have this feeling kind of internally of like, it's got to happen now. We've got to do it now. And that doesn't always benefit us if we like make it happen now. Uh, so yeah. I and I've always great. been kind of, I've always been like, a, uh, what's the word? <laughs> I can't even think of what the word is. That's so great. It's out of my vocabulary. Um, immediate, like I want things immediately. Yeah. And, um, I, I just was like, I had no patience for things taking so long. And the more this kind of work, the spiritual work I do, I realize that everything is happening for me and through me. So if I want it to happen faster, I need to surrender and just let go to the flow. Like, yeah, just let it happen. Just let it happen. And when we, when we try to control it, we constrict the flow. So I was like, just let go. Yeah. And just follow those little glimmers because then that's opening up more and more. And, but we have to quiet that part that's like, what are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) You're not prepared for this. You're not ready. Okay. And we kind of touched on this already as well. Um, kind of we have, but, um, if you're in wake up and you're in a funk and nothing horrific, just like feeling very meh today, what, um, what do you do to shift it or do you shift it? I do shift it. Um, I spent a lot of years super depressed and in a dark place and kind of trying to hide it and put enough happy face. And, um, through meditation, I started to talk to angels, even though I couldn't see them with my physical eyes. Um, that was the first time I felt it was okay. Like to give myself permission to ask for help mm-hmm. and that maybe there was another op- option like, Oh, I don't have to just have like a bad week. Like, Oh my mm-hmm. God, how many bad days did I have? Oh, it was another bad day. It's a bad, like, is that true? Really? It was a bad day. Everybody on the whole planet was like, yep, you're right, Emily. Today was the worst day. Like somebody got married today. Somebody like had a baby today. Like it was the best day for somebody. Right. (laughs) It's not actually true. So it's like, I call myself on the BS stories. Mm-hmm. So if I'm waking up like those three o'clock wake ups, like I'm telling you like dark shit in my head. <laughs> like, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. And like month after month, you're like, give me a break. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Somebody, this is not a way to function. Um, but thank God for coffee. Uh, <laughs> so what, so what I would do is I would just kind of call myself out. Like, is this the energy that you want to breathe through the rest of your day? Like this isn't, uh, yeah. Continue. 
this is a choice. Being in a dumpy, terrible mood is a choice. Am I consciously choosing it? No, I woke up in a bad mood and I was tired. My back hurts, right? <laughs> Nobody bought that program yesterday, right? So we're kind of like, <laughs> like grumpy, mm -hmm. but it's not a bad day. And if I yeah. choose to let that story be my filter, everything is going to look bad. I'm going to stub my toe. I'm going to rip my nylons. If I wore them, I'm going to, you know, like everything, it's going to be like dot, dot, knocking down dominoes. And mm -hmm. so I'm not going to choose that story. So if I'm conscious of that story that's spinning, yeah. That's the hardest part is just realizing that the story is happening versus like being the victim of it. So mm -hmm. I can be the watcher. And that's what meditation does. It gives you that slight miracle separation to watch yourself like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm getting triggered or, oh, I am definitely like having a pity party for myself. Okay. Um, so I become the watcher and go, okay, am I going to let this story be my day? No, it's not a bad day. What can I do to consciously shift my day right now? And the fastest thing for me is putting on some music to dance to and I can mm -hmm. shake my body and like get it in my body. Like, woo, having a fun day. <laughs> or watch like a funny movie. Cause I know, um, like there was a recent cart open and it was not going that great. <laughs> and I was getting in my, like, I was feeling like icky in my body. So I went outside for a walk and I was like, it's going to be good. And I came back and I was still feeling icky. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm not going to work. I'm going to shut my computer down and I'm just going to watch comedy for two hours. That's what mm -hmm. we're doing. And it's like watching my computer and refreshing my inbox is not going to make it work. So I'm like, I'm, I'm shifting my attention. So all mm -hmm. this, your life is happening, but we are where our attention is. So if my attention is spiraling down this like dark staircase of depression and anxiety and worry and panic, that's where my day is going. And my, I am where my attention is versus I'm going to go, I'm not going down that dark staircase. I'm going to go to Funnyville and I'll just shift my attention. Yeah. And, when I, and like, it gets easier when you practice it more. And like, let's just say out of a hundred percent of sadness and depression, maybe I've gotten to 80%. Like it's mostly gone, but it kind of blips and blops. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, just shake it up and I can shift my attention to something else. Yeah. So that's a very long answer to a short question. But if you're, <laughs> if, you're, if you're starting to feel that negative spiral, it's a bad day, just look at it. Be the watcher, be the yeah. witness, and be like, does it have to be a bad day? Is everyone on the planet in agreement today is a bad day? Because even like the most horrific things that happen in the world, like someone had an awesome day that day. Yes. Right? Like it's not a bad day. You're just taking it and you're making the story. And you're becoming the victim. So here's like the deeper side. Can we go like a little bit deeper on that? Definitely. Yes. Okay. Yes. So if I'm choosing to let that story, it's a bad day and it's like, ugh, I'm waking up in this bad mood. It's just like, bleh. who you are being in that moment is like this dark person. So mm -hmm. what does that give you permission to do? It gives you permission to say the things that you've been wanting to say about that person for a really long time, that you've been holding back, lashing out, right? It gives you permission to say, yeah. some, oh, I'm just having a bad day, whatever. And you just say these terrible things. Mm -hmm. It also gives us permission to, to kind of just be small, right? To stay small. And that's an ego thing, right? Our ego is yeah. like, good, nice. It's a terrible day. Keep it up. You should eat that pint of chocolate. Uh, ice cream because you've been on a diet, you've been so good, but look, you've been having a bad day, eat that ice cream, have a couple drinks too while you're at it. It'll just keep you nice and low. Mm -hmm. That's, like we start to spiral and then everything in our life, we become smaller. And like 
me, I know I'm here to help a lot of people. I need to serve at my highest level. Mm-hmm. And I can't serve my highest level if I'm playing small and listening to my ego and going down the dark spiral staircase and like emotionally eating or drinking or saying terrible things or acting in terrible ways. Like it's just not part of my, my, uh, my makeup at this point. So we have to realize that it gives us permission to do some, some things that maybe we weren't giving ourselves permission to express also. Wow. I'm so glad that you said all of that. Like, I don't know that I've ever like equated all of that together and it makes so much sense. Like, and that is 100% true. Like when we are in a bad mood, we're perfectly fine letting things slip or letting things slide that maybe we would not normally want to be out in the world. Yeah. So I think that makes a lot of sense that that is huge. Yeah. So, you get it to like, like F it, right? All the time. Yeah. Like, F it. Like I'm going to have the thing. I'm going to have that. I'm going to yeah. do the thing like F it. <laughs> yes. Yes. You are. Ex- oh yeah. That's huge. That is huge. Okay. Well, I hate to end this, but, um, okay. So people are listening and they're like, okay, I need, I need this meditation in my life. I need more Emily Aaron's in my life. Um, how do, how is the best way to connect with you? Um, I love when people connect with me. I'm just going to full on just say it. Like some people are like, oh, well she does. I answer all my DMS. Like I'm into talking to you guys. So if you, um, find me on Instagram at Emily Aaron's, all the other ways to connect with me are on my website, emilyarons.com. Um, and I would love to meet you. Of course, like, like Danielle mentioned, I have a podcast so you can check out, you know, more of this like woo woo conversation there. Um, I do have some meditations on that podcast and, um, if you're kind of wanting to like dip your toe in a little bit deeper, I do have a, uh, a Oracle deck, the angels in your biz Oracle deck. You can start playing with those cards. They're very good for left brain, like non woo woo people. Cause they're just like, so direct. You don't have to like, what does this mean? I tell you what it means. I have a class, like it's got a booklet, like it's going to be so fun. Um, so yeah, basically emilyarons.com for all those things. Yep. And, and you will love her. She's amazing. So thank you so much for being here. This was so incredible. Thank you so much. And thank you for all the listeners who've been hanging out. I know that your time is so valuable and it's like one of, I think it's really the most valuable thing that we have. So thank you for spending this time with me and I really appreciate you listening. Hey, I hope you loved that episode. If you did, please rate, subscribe, and share with anyone you feel needed to hear that message. Also, please find me on social media at The Silver Lining Life because I would love to hear your favorite takeaways from today's episode. Can't wait to hear from you soon. Thanks for being here. Bye.